Welcome to the Monkey Mind Podcast, your number one platform for athletes and mental health. Hosted by myself, Danny Perez. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez. And for those of you who don't know, Monkey Mind recently launched the Monkey Mind Team, which is a group of sports psychologists, nutritional therapy practitioners, and strength and conditioning coaches that offer their services on our website, monkeymindathletes.com. You can head over to our website and purchase services from the team members in any of the following fields, so be sure to check that out. I'm extremely excited to finally put this out for you all. It's been a long time coming, and I'm really excited to see Monkey Mind grow. On today's episode, we have one of the Monkey Mind team members who is a mental performance coach, Gunnar Regan. Gunnar was on episode 68 of the Monkey Mind podcast and is a former college hockey player turned current CrossFit athlete. He offers his mental performance coaching services on our website, which we will talk about more in today's episode. So be sure to check out what Gunnar has to offer you at monkeymindathletes.com backslash Gunnar Regan, G-U-N-N-A-R-R-E-G-A-N. We did things a little differently with today's episode. We had a main topic of discussion, which is centering practices prior to or during an event or game. So we discussed that topic, then did a little bit of a Q&A session where people asked Gunnar questions on our Instagram story, and ended the episode going over a protocol for centering practices that people can take with them and implement right away in their lives. So be sure to stick around for that. We have a great episode ahead with tons of information. And finally, be sure to throw us a follow on our Instagram channel, at MonkeyMindAthletes. Like, subscribe on our YouTube channel. And please give us a rating wherever you listen to this podcast. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Daily Dose CBD Inc. Daily Dose CBD Inc. creates full-spectrum CBD products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and dog treats. Research has shown that CBD has successful results in aiding in the following areas. Anti-inflammation, anxiety, PTSD, help with breaking addiction, neuroprotection, epilepsy, arthritis, chronic pain, and sleeping disorders. Daily Dose makes an extremely safe and effective product that we know you will love, enjoy, and benefit from. Daily Dose has given Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their orders. Head over to DailyDoseCBDInc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your purchases. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off all your orders at DailyDoseCBDInc.com. All right, well, we're here with Gunnar Regan. Um, Gunnar actually just got back from Wadapalooza, which is a CrossFit competition down in Florida, so I'll give him a second to talk about that. But Gunnar was also on episode 68 here on the Monkey Mind podcast. And for those of you who don't know, he's a Monkey Mind team member. So he has his services offered on, on our website at monkeymindathletes.com backslash Gunnar Regan, G-U-N-N-A-R-R-E-G-A-N. So um, if you want to utilize his services, you can head over to our website and use his landing page to get to that and get in touch with him. But uh, yeah, Gunnar, welcome on. And uh, yeah, tell us about uh, your past weekend over at Wadapalooza. Thank you, Danny. I, I'm glad to be back and, and I'm super stoked to be part of the Monkey Mind team. Um, like you said, I, I was in uh, Miami, Florida last weekend competing at Wadapalooza. It's it's one of the the biggest competitions in the, the CrossFit space um, and exists in its own kind of uh, qualification process. And, and Wadapalooza is like the end goal for that um, that process. So there, there's over 2,000 athletes competing in all different divisions, and and for me, getting to to go there, I'm going to be competing against the best in the world, and 
um, getting to learn more about what I'm capable of as a, as an athlete. And at the same time, um, continue to practice what I, what I want to teach, um, the athletes that I coach, um, as well as anyone that may be listening. Um, the, the way I go about competing is exactly how I want my athletes that I work with to do the same thing. So at Wadapalooza, there's, uh, there's things that go wrong all the time. Like, the, the schedule gets pushed back and our warm-up times change and all, all these little details uh, switch out of nowhere. Um, the ability to, to stay centered is, is uh, something I'm really proud of over the last weekend. And I, I was able to um, finish the weekend in sixth place, um, which was a really good showing, um, especially this early in the, the calendar year for my competitive season. Yeah, that's unreal. Um... And yeah, for those of you who don't know, Gunnar, um, he played collegiate hockey. Um, and so now, obviously now still being in that competitive mind frame, you take the past events that you've dealt with as an athlete and still being in that competitive mindset and you're able to use that, you know, with, you know, present day, um, I guess, expertise and, and experience in it. So, um, you know, congratulations to you on that. And obviously super excited to have you on the team and, and being able to, you know, provide athletes with, uh, with the tools and resources that they need to, you know, compete and, and stay sharp mentally. So um, congratulations again. And, and that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It was a great time. And I, I'm, I'm glad I can uh, share some of that experience with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, so let's just want to talk a little bit about your services. So on our website, you have your eight week package and your 12 week package. Um, if you want to just kind of touch on those before we get into the topic today, um, if you want to just touch on those and kind of talk about, I guess the differences and how you approach the two uh, packages differently and, um, yeah, just kind of dive into a little bit of that. Totally. So the the meaning behind eight weeks and 12 weeks is really about how we develop the relationship. So for me as a, a mental skills coach and a, a performance specialist, I know I'm going to help someone become their best when I really understand who they are as a person. So the, the reason why we do multiple sessions, especially eight weeks, I think is a really nice number, especially for maybe a younger athlete is we can, we can start to learn what works for the athlete. And the goal for me is always to show up and let the athlete really understand what helps them be their best. I don't have a, a magic recipe for anyone. However, I have a lot of experience in, in hockey and baseball and soccer and now uh, competing in CrossFit at, at the professional level and uh, taking all these lessons. I've witnessed other players have best practices, and I want to bring those um, to the table for all my athletes that I do get the opportunity to work with. So in, a, in an eight-week uh, session, we would be thinking once a week we're meeting uh, on a zoom call. And that way we really get to have that interaction. Um, I really like the one-on-one -on -one setting because there's, uh, the ability to be vulnerable and, and share things that you may not share with, uh, your teammates or your, your coach, if that's something that's a restriction that, um, an athlete is dealing with. So when we think, uh, more towards that 12 week package, it's just an extension of the service. Um, I see the 12 week fitting really well for maybe a high school athlete, maybe a junior athlete, uh, junior hockey, or, you know, that transition phase between high school and college level of play. 
um, that longer duration, we can really develop habits and skills that are going to not only help you perform in your sport, but they're also going to help you, uh, find peace and calm in your life. I, um, I was having a conversation last night with one of my, my, uh, athletes and what we, what we had a discussion around is what would it look like for you to have unlimited power and, and, uh, potential. And it took, it took us a minute to kind of get to a definition and where we went is when we put our focus solely in one thing, our energy grows towards that. If we're constantly distracted, which would be the opposite of focus, right? Our energy goes in different directions. And then we're most likely going to be disappointed with the outcome of the event. So my, uh, my goal with athletes is always to, all right, what allows you to bring your best focus? Because then you're going to have more energy for what you want. You're going to feel at, uh, at peace with your effort and you can move on from things, um, a lot easier. Yeah. No, I like that a lot. I think, uh, you kind of hear this a lot lately now, but we only have so much mental bandwidth. So to be able to put that energy and, and focus into what's really important to you and in your sport, whatever that is, um, it just kind of, it can create more energy for you just because you're dispersing it now into one thing it's, or you're putting into one thing as opposed to dispersing into a bunch of different things. And um, that focus is, is awesome. So yeah, no, that's great. And um, I think something that you don't really realize how important it is until you really start to hone in on that and realize where you're putting your energy and, and that, you know, that focus. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to, to continue that conversation, I, I reflect back on my own time playing hockey. Um, there, there was a period of, of time where I was so focused on beating someone else on my own team to get a spot to play. And knowing what I know now and wishing that I had a, a mental skills coach at that time, I had no energy for myself. The energy was always about being better than someone else that wasn't myself. So I, I didn't get, I didn't improve my skills during that period of time. I was getting hurt because my, my focus wasn't on doing the right mobility or getting the right strength training in. So having, having that ability to express yourself with a, with an impartial non-judgmental coach is, uh, like light and night and day, um, with the outcome that we can have in yeah. our performance. Did you find yourself like comparing yourself to him at all? Or was it just more so focusing on like the sole purpose of, I got to beat him out of the spot and just neglecting the things that you needed to do to get yourself better physically. What, what, what kind of mentality did you have? Um, how you approach that? Yeah. The, the word comparison, it, like, hearing it again, it, it does have a little bit of a sting. Like I, I was so focused on like, how is this, how is this other player better than me? Um, I've, I've worked harder. I like had this mentality of everything I'm doing is to be better than that person. And I was constantly comparing, like I, I skate stronger, but is that really necessary for me to think of? Um, I'm nicer to people. Is that really necessary for me to think of, or can I just be at peace with myself? Yeah. So having those, those conversations with the coach would have been super helpful. And that's where I I'm finding so much joy in what I do as a coach now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I think uh, we've said it here a million times before on multiple episodes, but I'm sure you've heard the phrase too, but comparisons, the thief of all joy, um, mm -hmm. just 
you don't gain anything by comparing yourself to others. Um, as long as you just wake up and try and be the best version of yourself and you know, get 1% better every day that, that accumulates. And um, yeah, I think that it's just, uh, it's easy to compare yourself to other people, especially if there's, there's someone who's in a position that you would like to be at, but at the end of the day, it just takes away from what you have to do in your own process and, and focusing on yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, I'm curious too, for you, Danny, like I, I want to, you know, get to know your story too. Were there periods of time where you found yourself losing that, that focus of, you know, how do you be your best and, and that was going somewhere else? Yeah, definitely. I think it was positive and negative at times. Weirdly enough, I think at times I would always look to others who were um, at places that I wanted to be or, or were better than me. And I'd look to see the things that they would do. And that was good for me because it would push me um, and it would give me ideas. Okay, I could be doing this differently. I could be that. I could be doing that better or whatever the case was. When I had that mindset, it was fine. Um, that was more so when I was younger and just like more, uh, I guess, like, quote unquote, raw. And you like just want to be a sponge for everything. Then as, got, as I got older, I would look to other athletes and be like, oh, like, how come I don't have this opportunity? It would just be like negative. It wouldn't be anything positive at all. So like, I think having looking at it, one, with curiosity when I was younger was great. Uh, not so much like a comparison thing, but looking at it, it was like, okay, that I should maybe implement this or I should do this differently just by learning from others. Then it went, as I got older, it was more so straight up comparison of like, why aren't I here? Like, I would look at myself negatively because I – thought that I, you know, wasn't good enough, or I would look at them and think negatively of them because I wanted that position. And yeah. that kind of derailed me and that sidetracked me from, okay, like, what are you even benefiting from this? You're just like getting in a negative headspace. You're comparing yourself in a negative way. You're looking at them negatively. You're not gaining anything. You're not putting in any extra work anyway. So it's like, I don't know. Like I just, that's why for me, as I got older, it was uh, tougher, I guess, because, you know, you realize you have a shelf life in hockey. And I guess once you start getting like into your twenties, you're like, all right, like my shelf, like my, my shelf life is kind of dwindling here. So like you're like scratching clawing more as opposed to being like younger and like more receptive to information and more curious. Mm -hmm. So I think that's when I had a negative mindset as opposed to, you know, I wish I was more open about that and been more honest with people. Like, cause we had sports psychs um, later on in my career, but uh, I wish I was more open and honest with them and myself. So that way I could have been like, Hey, this is not, beneficial for you at all um you need to be focusing on yourself more you've made it this far with your process still look for guidance from people but don't look to others as like a a negative comparison or something that you're in you know jealous of i guess you could say or just rattled about you know what i mean so it's hard to yeah. put in the words but that's kind of how i realized it was it became more detrimental for me i i completely follow your story and and the similarities there is like the, the older I was or the, the longer I was playing, I, I would blame others for me not being in the position I wanted mm -hmm. when in reality, it all comes down to, you know, what do I have control over? And, and to go back to where we started, this is like, where's my focus. If my focus is on someone else or, you know, something that's outside of actually what I want, then I'm, I'm no longer in alignment with what's valuable to me. Exactly. Um, yeah. This, this is, I, I love this conversation because it, it's vulnerable from both sides. Mm -hmm. Like we've both, we've both dealt with that. And I love that the monkey minded, you know, athletes are coming together to help other people show up better for themselves. No, yeah, exactly. I think that that's, it's important that we're both open about this stuff. And um, obviously 
you being, you know, the professional in the, in the field of, of mental skills and mental performance and in the coaching aspect of it, I think it's important that, you know, you give your perspective and you are vulnerable with yourself and, and with the listeners. Um, I think it's awesome that you're able to do that because I think it's, it just becomes more relatable. Um, they can look at you and be like, okay, this guy's been in my position before. He understands. I think a lot of people at times go through these exact same things that we just discussed. Um, everyone wants to be the best. Everyone wants to be, you know, at, at their goal level. Um, and sometimes if you find yourself slipping, you tend to get into these negative thought patterns and you start to compare. Everyone compares himself to like, it's just natural, I, I feel like. But it's just being able to realize, okay, like, is this actually beneficial for me? Am I losing focus? Am I looking at this person you know, with curiosity and trying to gain knowledge from them? Or am I looking at them in envy or whatever the case is? So, um, no, it's awesome that you're able to, you know, talk about this stuff and, and be able to relate. I think it's super important with your coaching that you can relate to the athlete that you're working with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know what, what we were, we we're going to look at uh, a centering practice today. That was, that was going to be our main, uh, main topic. Um, I love the opportunity to teach as, you know, thinking back to our last episode, um, I would love to work through what I would do with someone with you. And that way you can have some tangible uh, actions on this. Does that sound good? hundred percent. I'll hundred percent be a guinea pig for, for sure. Uh, okay. Yeah. We want to get to our topic then. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah. Perfect. So we have a Q and a after, um, so be sure to stick around for that. We had a couple questions, but today our topic is centering practices prior to an event or game. So, um, yeah, if you want to go ahead and um, talk about what exactly that is for those who are listening and don't know, and uh, we'll just take it from there. Right on. So the the idea behind a centering practice is going off of what we've already been talking about in this episode of where is our focus. Um, I, I reflect back on a my very first major CrossFit competition. Um, I was really fortunate that I did not have to drive myself to the competition because I was in full-blown tunnel vision, panic breathing. My, my throat was probably like five times as big as it normally should be um, because my breath was just stuck there and I was hyperventilating. I was so worried about coming into this competition, having qualified high and then having this expectation of other people thinking I need to do really well again. So my focus was externally projected on what other people might think of me. At the time, I didn't have a, a robust centering practice. What I've now come to and what I teach all my athletes is what I want to go through with you, Danny. So the first thing we want to think about is what are your strengths? What, what, like as a hockey player, what were the things that you did really, really well? Well, I was a bigger guy. So I skated well, um, skated well for big guy and used my size and had a good shot. I'd say. Okay. Right on. So, um, I want to make those into like individual statements and I want you to start with I statements. So like, I am this going off what you just, you just brought up. Okay. So I am physical. Um, I am, so I was a power forward. So one thing I would say was I am a power forward. Yes. I'm a big body. I'm a physical presence. I have a good shot. I say I have a good shot or 
how would you yeah I, I like that i like that just yep. to, okay so probably those are the, be the things that i would tell myself mm -hmm. and and just thinking of those right now um how does that help you view the game is it is it make it messy or does it make it more simple no it makes me just focus on what i am good at and thinking about those qualities and those attributes right on so that, that's that's perfectly what we want to go into um sometimes this process takes a little bit longer to to really grasp like this is what i do well if if you're in a you know let's say a negative spiral of not believing in yourself it's going to take a little bit longer to get into that space but you know who you are and we always want to come back to all right who am i what do i do well and how can i maximize my strengths to be my best so um, you're a power forward you have a good shot. Um, you skate hard. You're, you're a good skater. You get to the net. I imagine that's a big piece of it too. Sure. Uh, um, how about anything around being a leader or, or like what's your type of leadership? Yeah, I'm more vocal. Um, I bring teams together, I'd say, in the past um, and just bring energy. That was a big thing for me. Um, kind of like if I, if I was silent it would be weird. So if I was just talkative and having yeah. a lot of energy, a lot of spunk, then it was uh, usually it would kind of bleed through the room. Right on. So to go back um, on those statements, right? We have, um, I'm a strong skater. I shoot the buck hard. I'm a power forward. Um, you lead with your, your energy and your voice. Those are important things to recognize as well. So now that we have this list, this is going to be our, before game practice. So those phrases starting with I am or I have are our mantras. And uh, we, I believe we touched on this in episode 68, the mm -hmm. first time we recorded. So a mantra is something we're gonna repeat frequently with intention. And our intention before a game is to bring our focus into ourself. One way we can maximize that is we're going to, um, I, I like, giving the option of either writing them down by hand every day that could be before practice or before a game, writing them down every day. And when you write it down, you're going to take a big breath in, we'll go about three seconds in three seconds out. And the more often we do that with every one of those phrases, we have a practice then of bringing our focus back into ourselves and we start to believe in that identity, right? It would be, it'd be weird if, uh, Danny, if you were to say, um, I'm a, I'm a high skill, small forward. Yeah. That's not true. Right. Yeah. No, you, you, there's conflict there. Yeah. But knowing who you are, I'm a, a strong skater. I'm a power, powerful forward. I get to the net. I shoot the puck hard and yeah. I lead with my voice. Those are all true things they are accurate to your experience. We want to focus on that. Um, so in this practice, you're, you're writing them down or you're reading them aloud one at a time and following every statement with that breath. Again, I personally like three seconds in, three seconds out. Um, I like to picture a wave coming up on the, the shore and then falling away. And that, that helps me center myself. Um, so that, that would be an example of a, a centering practice before a game or before a practice. And again, mantras, 
they work better the more often you do them, meaning we're highly intentional all the time. I understand if you can get away, uh, get away from it sometimes, but you have that practice built up over time and that's where you can come back to and be yourself. Um, yeah. Any, any questions on that, on that from, from your perspective? No, I think uh, we actually spoke about just a quick comment. I think we spoke about this last time um, with breathing in and out after each one. Mm-hmm. Why the importance of that and you mentioned to me was just that you want to make sure that you feel and fully believe the things that you're saying, the things that you're writing down, really picturing yourself. Um, that's why it's important to be honest with yourself and understand who you are. You know what I mean? Like for me, it can't say I'm a high skilled, small forward. It wouldn't work. You know what I mean? But yeah. that's why it's important to really know yourself and know the way you play. But the part that I really liked and it just, you know, jogged my memory about when you mentioned me before was breathing in and breathing out after each one and really like feeling that emotion and feeling um, that, I guess, you know, who you are as an athlete and, and the style mm-hmm. you play that way. It's not just like pen to paper and you're saying it out loud and it's mindless. Like, no, like get that feeling and feel it without your, within your whole body. That way, you know, it is reality. Yeah. Well said, well said. So I love the word reality because we have the ability to create it through our words. Hmm. Um, and at the same time, breathing um, to get a little bit technical every time we do a, an intentional breath where we're slow in or slow out, um, we signal our vagus nerve, okay. which is connected to our gut yep. and our, our, our brain and our gut are super like the vagus nerve is a super highway. And when we can access that more often, our identity becomes much stronger in what we've just said. So, I mean, it would be weird if we kept saying, I'm a, I'm a super skilled small forward and we try to breathe on it, we would have like, our stomach wouldn't feel right. And our brain would be in conflict, but when we know who we are and we're consistent with that and we breathe on it, that identity becomes, uh, it becomes simple to access, but it definitely requires practice to get there, to make it simple. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm happy you said the Vegas and we mentioned it plenty of times, uh, multiple yeah. episodes here and just the importance of it and, and talking about how it's a super highway from your gut to your brain, not to go off topic, but like, that's why it's important food you eat. Cause mm-hmm. it really directly translates to the messages that it sends to your brain and the chemicals that are involved in your gut. Um, like 90% of serotonin or something like that is, I, I keep butchering the statistic, but it's like crazy amount of serotonin, like way more is produced in your gut than it is in your brain. We think yes. that all the chemicals just come from our brain. That's it. But no, it's, it's all in our gut. And that's why I think it's just you mentioning that again. And then the breathing practice, how important it is just constantly reiterates um, why like these little details, you can't leave them out and why, how, how important they are. Absolutely. And, and if someone's listening to this and you're new to breathing, um, or like breathing practices, it will be a little awkward for a while, right? It definitely takes some time to get comfortable with that because it's a new practice. Our body is going to adjust. So I want to give you, uh, you know, the benefit of if you're going to try this and you're going to create these mantra statements of who you are and you're breathing on it, let's say the first five times you do it, it's not going to feel great. But the more you practice it, you're going to find what breathing cadence works for you, what feels best. And then you're going to find your focus is going to, um, to go off the question I asked 
at the beginning is like, what does it look like for you to have unlimited power and potential? Mm. It all comes down to how we focus on who we are as, a, as an individual. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that, that uh, that's super important. I think there's a lot of talk behind mantras. I think for a lot of people, they've heard about them, but mm-hmm. you giving this exact, uh, I guess, protocol, so to speak, on what to do gives people a, a tangible um, exercise now that they can take with them and start start to utilize. And if you haven't tried it, I suggest you do try it. I uh, am someone who I have gotten into the practice of breathing almost every single day, and I do notice a difference with my thoughts. Um, mantras, I honestly have dabbled here and there. I was, wish I was more invested in it when I was playing. Mm-hmm. But I change the past now, but the breathing aspect of it, I think, is extremely important, and it does help you um, center your thoughts and not let them get too carried away. Yeah, yeah, well said, well said. Um, you talked about visual cues and action cues, so if you want to discuss that and your approach to visual cues and action cues, and um, I guess a little bit more information on those for those who don't know. Yeah, so uh, we ju- we just went through the what I would consider a before game, which takes a little bit more time, a little more focus. <laughs> um, what I think of as a visual cue or an action cue is something that you're going to be able to do in between mo- moments of play. So for hockey, we have this, uh, this beautiful opportunity to have a shift, come back to the bench and reset. Um, a visual cue that I used when I was playing was I had uh, a saying written on my uh, tape on the handle of my stick. And I have athletes now that are doing the same thing. And we all have a unique thing. The favorite one uh, on top of my mind right now is one of my players. He has started to draw a bullseye on the back of his handle. So if he has a, a shift where maybe he turns the puck over, He's going to come back. He's going to sit down and he knows it's there because he drew it. So he's going to look at his bullseye. He goes right into a nice, easy breath. And his focus then goes, my focus or my bullseye is the next shift. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be better on that next shift. So that, that to me is a visual cue of, all right, I know where it is. I can look at it. And as we practice, it becomes easier to bring our focus back. So that, that would be an opportunity for a visual cue. Mm-hmm. Um, an action cue, um, I actually, there are, there's a bunch of them that I can picture in different sports. Um, if you're familiar with uh, Braden Holpe, goalie, um, he won the Stanley Cup with the Capitals um, 2018. Now, I think he's um, on a couple of different teams right now, but one thing that he explicitly does if he gets a, a goal scored onto him or actually at the beginning of a period too, he will take his water bottle off the back of the net. He will spray a couple drops up in the air and he'll watch it all the way to the ice. As soon as that water hits the ice, that's his cue of we're right back in the moment. Mm-hmm. This is where I am. The water hit the ice here. That's where I am too. So that, that would be the example of an action uh, action cue is how do we uh, we move on from the last moment and be in this present. Gotcha. Yeah, um, something similar to that that I actually learned from the sports psychologists we had at the University of Maine um, was that feeling like you're wiggling your toes or feeling your stick was mm-hmm. something that would help you center. So pretty much just 
um, in a nutshell, it would be just finding something physical that you could touch or do to get your that sense of feeling, your set, like one of those senses, just back to the present moment um, is another way of essentially doing it correct. Yeah, totally. I, I, I'm a big fan of tactile cues, like, like you're saying. So like the visual one is I drew something or I know where I'm playing and there's something on the boards that I can look at mm-hmm. um, that I'm going to look at every time. And that's where my focus goes is right in this moment. That's what I'm looking at. Um, another one, like tactile cues, like, all right, I like the feeling of like running my fingers along the stick mm-hmm. um, in between shifts. Uh, I know uh, one of your former teammates, Eric Scherhammer, just name yeah. drop there. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was always consistent with like tapping his elbow pads, pulling them on tighter. I actually remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's funny, like for him, he's probably doing it unconsciously, but that's something like our, our body wants to be present. All right. It's, it's a comfort thing when we can get that tactile cue or the visual cue or the action cue. We want to be in the moment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> That's not a funny example. Yeah, that, yeah dropping chair hammer. That's so funny. Yeah, but I, I actually do remember when he would do that. Um, and I do like I know a lot of like athletes have like weird little ticks. I got a lot of guys I played with and stuff. And yeah, I just whether they realize it or not, it's just funny that you mentioned that. Hey, the body wants to get back into the moment and into that present feeling. So yeah, visual cues, um, the bullseye on the tape is a quick reminder, uh, and then the action cues are the example that you gave us: spraying the water bottle. Or, you know, feeling your stick, feeling the toes on the ice or um, things like that. All right. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think those are things that people can, like we talked about, implement right away, which I think totally. is huge. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the, these things apply to outside of sport. Like uh, I know a lot of a lot of the athletes I work with, we also talk about, you know, dealing with stress in school um, because that's a major part of the day. You get to play hockey, but you also get to go to school. And, you know, if let's say you're going to go, you have to go take an exam, like what are those little things you can do to help yourself calm down? Mantras could be one of them, um, like having the same pencil and having that consistency of uh, feeling that's huge. Like y- utilize all of that. Um, I know the word superstition gets thrown around or like ritual. Um, those are valuable things right? If they allow you to feel comfortable with who you are and where you are, use them. Absolutely. Exactly. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I was going to say too, I think uh, one was, I was going to say was don't look to others for this stuff too. This is one thing I think you need to really do work on your own. This is personal. Um, mm-hmm. and this is one thing. It's not like, I guess, training where you want to, you know, Training's a little different because you can look at somebody and say, okay, like you want to work on your shot or you want to get stronger in this, do these things. Right. With this, it's a framework with the mental side of it. I think it's, it's a good framework on how to do them. So writing down each thing, taking a breath, three seconds in, three seconds out. That's the general framework of it. Um, And correct me if I'm wrong in saying this, but I just, from personal experience, kind of given that insight, the actual things you write down, the actual things that you use as a visual cue or an action cue, your actual mantras, those need to be personalized and tailored for you. Um, exactly. And if yeah. you are somebody out there who doesn't do these things and you find yourself being very successful or you don't feel like you need them, that's great. If you're someone who does need them, don't look at other people and say, well, they don't need them, so I don't. 
because I've been that person and I've neglected this stuff and it just hasn't gone well for me. So now I've I've eliminated that thought process of, okay, I got to do what other people are doing when it comes to this stuff. I personally find it beneficial when I do these extra things and I find myself being more successful on a day-to-day basis when I do these things. So that's why it's important with this stuff to not, it's extra important to not compare yourself and to not look to others for what they do or, or what they write down or whether they even do it at all. Again, yeah, touching on comparison, we, we can only compare ourselves with any like benefit to our past self. So, all right, maybe I had a bad game. What did I do beforehand? Or maybe it was what I did not do, what was lacking that I can add before this next one to help me play that next step better. Um, a, another piece on to this is I want you to focus on the process where you don't have to have a list of 10 mantras right now. You might start with one, maybe two that really resonate with you. And it it could be, it could be something simple, you know, like I play hard and again, use what works for you. This is, this is something I'm thinking of. Like I work hard and I lead by example, that could be enough to center someone. You may maybe a person that needs more. Maybe those visual cues are, are really helpful. You need several of them. That's all good. And those mantras should be um, just kind of from what I've heard to see what your thoughts are. They should be as simple as you can and to the point as possible. Correct. Like we want them to be specific and not overly complicated. So they're easily, you know, remembered or is that, what would you say to that? I'm I'm in agreement on that. The simple meaning we're focused on ourself. So the I beginning each statement, Mm. simplify it by doing I blank. That's one way we can simplify it. And then we want to make them uh, memorable, right? We want to, we want to have memory of them so we can go back to it. So let's say before, uh, before a game, I'm reading my mantras off and it's, um, I win puck battles and I'm, I just lost a puck battle on a shift. I come back to the bench. I'm thinking I win puck battle. So what am I going to do next? Right. Memorable, simple. I think those, those are very important things to, to look at. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. All right. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything else you want to throw in there before we go to our Q and a, I think we touched on a lot of that with the, with that topic of, uh, of today's um, podcast, but is there anything you want to add there or you set to move on? I feel, I feel great with those. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll get to our, uh, our Q and a right now. We had a couple questions here. Um, and yeah, if you're ready to get started, we'll, we'll get to the first one. Let's do it. All right, perfect. So question one, I struggle after a bad shift getting out of my own head. If I make a bad play, it really affects me and throws me off my game. How do I stop doing this? And is there anything I can do after a bad shift to get back on track? So we've kind of touched on this a bit, but um, yeah, I'll let you take the floor here. Yeah. So this could go into what we've talked about on, on having cues in game. So visual tactile, um, action cues, those are all great. Um, one thing I also like to promote is understanding if you've had a bad shift, what, what actually happens is that bad shift permanent, you know, you can ask yourself that question. Am I always going to have a bad shift? Have you always had bad shifts? 
most likely not. Right? You, you're at a you're at a position now where you love playing a game. You're going to have the opportunity to have a good shift. So, changing changing the thought process of I'm having bad shifts to that was a bad shift. It's in the past. I have the opportunity to have a better one next. Um, one way we can phrase it, and this is a again, I think this is what, a little bit what we touched on in the first episode. Um, but this is mistake management is what comes to mind for me. So the way we talk to ourselves, one word we can change is if I make a mistake, what happens versus, uh, we're going off hockey as the example, hockey is the game of mistakes, right? Like literally most Stanley cups are one off of a mistake. Mm -hmm. However, you're in the Stanley Cup finals to use that as the pinnacle. You've made a lot of mistakes and you capitalize on other mistakes to get there. Yep. So if you're going to make a mistake, that can be that worry mindset. We're always stuck there versus I'm going to make a mistake when I do. This is how I want to respond. So choosing, all right, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to win pop battles. I'm going to go do uh I'm going to block shots. I'm going to do everything I need to, to help my team. That's what happens when you make a mistake is you get right back to where you want to be. Um, when we dwell, um, as I imagine hearing this question, there's a little bit of a dwelling sensation. That's where we can get stuck. Right. Um, and this is something that needs to be practiced as well Is I will make mistakes. I will learn from them and I will get better on the next opportunity. Yeah. No, I can't agree more. And um, I think we can both relate that it is so much easier said than done when people say, oh, just don't dwell on it and move on. Um, but now I think it's just so important to reiterate that there's going to be mistakes. And if you are, I guess, being on this side of things now with, with this coaching perspective and kind of mm -hmm. from their end and, and in these meetings, it's like they expect mistakes. And it's, it's, I remember thinking that if I made a mistake, it was the end of the world. But now being yeah. on the side of it, seeing how coaches view it, sometimes they don't even notice the mistakes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, there's so many mistakes that happen. There's so many plays that go on. Like sometimes they don't realize it, but if, you know, I'll talk to a player. Maybe if I notice it and say, Hey, like relax, it's all good. At least you worked back and recovered. You know what I mean? But and that person still dwells, still dwells, still dwells. And maybe I noticed it, but the other, you know, coaches didn't or whatever the case is. And it's like, you think it's so monumental when you're a player and you think it's the end of the world. And, you know, by dwelling on it, like, which is something I did immensely, I was so bad at that. So bad at just like being able to sit and think of and fester on it and it would affect the rest of my game practice, whatever it was. It, you can't change the past. It's over. Mm -hmm. So just move on and be ready for the next opportunity and be excited for the next opportunity. It's going to come. And by focusing on, past it just doesn't do any do any good so that's just kind of my two cents because i was someone who would sit there and think about it for so long and it would just ruin the rest of my game it was so bad at, ma at managing that no thank you thank you for sharing that and it, it reminds me too let's think of like uh, mcdavid or mckinnon they play at such a high speed and they're making so many moves on the ice that we actually don't know which ones they wanted to make and which ones they didn't Mm. right they're playing the game so fast so present that they're going to grab a mistake that they make right and, th and that's what makes them great is they're, they're able to respond 
with a next move, right? It's, it's not final. It, nothing's ever final, right? Mm-hmm. The game always keeps going. We always get to keep playing. And, and that's true with really anything in, in sport and in, in life. So when we make mistakes, how do we want to respond? And, and having that practice before a game or before uh, an event, and then we can take that into the, the game itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, I like that a lot. And so, yeah, uh, we're going to move on to our second question here. Let's do it. Perfect. So question two, um, I always have a great off season and start the year hop, but after a few weeks, I find myself slipping down the lineup and not feeling as confident. How can I avoid this happening if it always seems to? Uh, so two things that I, I'm hearing from the question are um, coming into to a season playing really well, mm-hmm. like probably a lot of excitement, a lot of new things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's important to recognize, um, right? It's great to have something new, something cool and, and fresh to go after. Um, what do we do when some of that uh, shine goes away? Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we can always come back to what we rely on um, with what our strengths are. So maybe it is, all right, I'm going to focus on shooting the puck more often, right? Um, maybe you're getting out of out of rhythm of uh, I'm just not in the right position in the defensive zone or um, I'm making, making decisions slower because I'm focused on too many other things. I'm getting distracted somewhere else. Um, do you mind reading the, the question? One more time. Yeah. So the question again was, I always have a great off season and start the year hot, but after a few weeks, I find myself slipping down the lineup and not feeling as confident. How can I avoid this happening if it always seems to? So the, the last part there, this, this is what I was looking for is um, it always seems to. When we talk to ourselves in, in that, uh, <laughs> excuse me, finality, that it always happens, then it will, right? If we, if we're saying that to ourselves over and over again, that's the reality we're going to create. You, you actually mentioned that earlier is how we talk to ourselves, how we breathe creates our identity and our reality. If you're always slipping down the lineup, then you just told yourself the, the story that's going to happen. Or if you're saying, I'm going to work hard to keep my place, or I'm going to work hard to do even better than I did at the start of the year, that's, that's a simple um, mental switch to go after. And that, that can make things fresh again, right? Like, all right, maybe I played five games, I played really well, and then the next two or three, I didn't feel my best. Who's to say that is, uh, that's something in your control? Maybe, maybe you got sick or maybe someone else was playing better. Are you doing your best? And are you focused on what you can control? Um, I know that this is, this is redundant. Um, however, I believe that's truly what's happening. Um, you have control when you put your focus on what's important to you. So if you want to be in that same position, tell yourself you belong there and start playing. Uh, I don't want to say start, but continue playing the way that you like to play. All right. If it got you there, it will continue to build and continue to keep you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You talked about one thing that really stuck out to me was the, when you said um, how you have like the frame of mind where this always happens, 
Um, and that's just already kind of putting you in a negative headspace and, and a negative mindset and talking about how you reframe that, reframe that mindset. And you mentioned, I will work hard to do extra things or do yada, yada. And the big thing that I noticed was work. And so it's not just magically like I will score 50 goals or I will put X up amount of points, right? You put it in an action. Correct. And that's like the important part of it. It's not the outcome. It's not, I'm going to score 40 points or I'm going to score 30 goals this year. It's I'm going to work to shoot more pucks. I'm going to work to do X, X, and X. You're putting, mm -hmm. you're getting back to the present by focusing on the process and by focusing on the action that's going to bring you the success. Correct. If I'm understanding that correctly. Perfect. Perfect. Right. All of, all of this mental skill work take exactly right there. It is work. It takes reps. It takes effort. Um, like you're, I love the example. I'm going to score 50 goals. You will not score 50 goals if you don't take 50 shots. And most likely it's going to take, you know, 600 shots to score 50 goals, right? Like it, it, that, that requirement is there. You, you don't score every shot you take, but you're going to score more often, the more shots you take. And that's that work that you got to put in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. I think when you focus on the end goal, then it becomes, we, I mean, we talked about it as well. I think with you, even just when you focus on that, you, that's all you focus on and you forget to focus on the process of getting there. And having that process be the main focus is the most important thing. I think I can relate with thinking about end goals. Like this season, I want to have X amount of points. Say the first three games, you're, you're maybe, maybe you want to be a point per game, right? And you only have one point in your first three or three in your first five or two in your first five. Yeah. All you can think about Rest. is like, oh, no, like I'm off track. Like I got to get – now if I have two points, if I, I get – for the next in order to get to six and six it's like <laughs> you start to like forget about holy smokes relax dude that's why it's, it's kind of iffy as far as like the goal i know it's a little bit off topic but like that goal setting mm -hmm. um, it's you can't really just put a number on it and say i have to get this amount of points yeah because then you yeah. just you end up focusing on just the points and and if you start to slip it becomes very stressful yeah, well said. So, yeah, to go, to go off that again, if, if we're talking about always slipping down the lineup or always losing your you know, place on the on a line, that's the outcome that we're focused on and we're giving it a negative uh, image in our head. We're always doing this. That's really hard to deal with until we change that one word to I get to keep my lineup. I get to keep that spot. Um, and it requires work, right? That, that outcome now requires the process to be in play. So if you want to, if you want to score a certain number of points, what can you do in this game to help you get a point, right? Taking shots, being responsible, uh, as a, as a line mate, as a defensive zone, um, player, like all those things require work right now and give you that opportunity down the road. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> down some stuff too. Cause I like to have this stuff as you know, in my toolbox and um, mm -hmm. just like at the end, I want to kind of quickly wrap up with all the things that we discussed that people can take with them. So, um, but I yeah. love all that. And I think it's, it's fantastic stuff and great information. So I don't know if there's anything else you want to 
that's the last question we had. I don't know if there's anything else we want to touch on before we close out that Q and A, and then we just kind of wrap this all up with, you know, the, the things that we discussed quickly. Uh, we, we can discuss what we went over. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we'll yeah. do that then. So just going back some of the notes I took down uh, as far as um, things that people can start to do is writing down your mantras and re or, and or reading them uh, out loud. So yes. That's one thing to do. And then following that breathing in and out after each mantra, three seconds in the nose and three seconds out the nose or out the mouth. Does it, I'm going to let it be personal preference, kind of going off that same, same premise of do what works for you. Try, yeah. try them all out. Awesome. So yeah, write down, read out mantra out loud, breathe in three seconds, breathe out three seconds. Um, the visual cues. So we gave the example of the bullseye on the stick, the action cue, which we gave the example of the goalie tossing up the water, following mm -hmm. up and down. Um, and then, yeah, as far as we kind of, Went off we'll there, touch on some tactical, tactical cues too of like, all right, I like to like tap all my fingers and have that be like something I can focus on in the moment. Um, and then we went into some of the questions of what does it look like to have mistake management? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all about, we are going to make mistakes. That's, that's part of life. That's part of sport, uh, especially a part of hockey. I believe it's truly the game of mistakes. Um, so being comfortable with that. And then knowing that the mistake is actually a way that you can get better. You're going to learn from it and we want to move on from there. Um, I don't know if you, if you had notes on that as well. Yeah, I actually didn't have that specifically. Um, I was more so like the, the writing down and the reading out of the mantras and, and the breathing stuff really mm -hmm. stuck out to me. I think those are things that I've noticed have been super powerful for me. And that's, I um, so that's why those really stuck out the visual and the action cues. Um, so yeah, I'm happy that you mentioned the other stuff that, that I missed there. So thank you. And then, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that's awesome. And I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but I think this was a great episode and I'm excited to do more stuff like this and cover more topics and, um, really dive into this stuff, but thank you again for, for your time and for, for diving down this, uh, this topic and Q and a, I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Danny. I had a lot of fun and, uh, um, if anyone has questions, please uh, reach out to us. I know Monkey Mind, uh, it's Monkey Mind Athletes on Instagram now, right? Yep. Yeah. It's Monkey Mind Athletes on Instagram. Um, website's monkeymindathletes.com. And then Gunner's landing page is backslash Gunner Regan. So, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. This was, this was excellent. And I hope everyone gets a, a chance to take something away and put it into practice. Yeah. No, I, uh, again, I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations again on uh on Wadapalooza. and if you want to listen to gunner's previous episode with us it was episode 68 so you can find it there as well um or you can just go to his landing page like i said monkeymindathletes.com backslash gunner regan and um yeah his services are on there as well so but yeah thank you again and i really appreciate your time thank you danny